Hello everybody and welcome to Busy Playing Something. This is episode 7 of Busy Playing Something Live right here on YouTube. I am Sean, your host for today, and I am joined by the Elden Ring master himself. I don't know what we're calling you now, but uh, you keep changing it. Joshua LaRosa. Josh? I've, uh, I've, I need something. I need something now. I've got to come up with um, a new new moniker. Because uh, the Tarnished One was great, and then the Elden Lord, but I, I'm, in, I'm, you know, on to the next thing. Don't know what that is yet, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find something. The, the, the Piner for a better Splinter Cell. Uh, and then well, maybe something like that. And we've also got Ricky El Nadezo. What up? Finger Guns. On a, Finger on Guns, a... baby. <laughs> I'm bringing them back. Bringing them back. Okay, well, bringing them back to those of you watching us live here on YouTube. Obviously, not to those of you who are listening to us on uh, any of your podcast feeds like Spotify, iTunes, and I don't know what else there is. I know, Josh, you, you know them, right? Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, yeah. uh, Anchor, if you listen to us. Anchor. Those three, yeah, eight, eight, I'm sure there's three people there. that listen on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three. There you go. See, we've got a few Podbean. on everything. Anyone use Podbean out there? Let us know. There you go. Mm. See, yes. we are we are there, available for audio. We're here for video, and we've got a big episode today. We've got a bit of PlayStation. We've got a bit of Xbox. We won't see Nintendo for another week or two, I don't think. I don't know. Nintendo's kind of they're in their own little world at the moment, and they're they're over in the corner. So we're we're gonna go with uh, the other two big guns now. Josh, we're gonna start with you because you've got a little story that you want to tell us while you sip mm. your coffee. I've got a I've got a something to get you guys thinking. So okay. I've as I've gotten older and I've taken on more responsibilities, we've spoken about in the past, uh, Sean house hunting and the you know, Ricky moving and doing all those things. I've slowly realized that you, there's certain things in life I'm good at. Okay? Like if you want me to dissect a PlayStation financial earnings call, I'm I'm your guy. But when it comes to actual useful skill sets um, I'm finding that I'm lacking more and more. Now, as a child, eh, this is all factored around the uh, physical skill sets around like, uh, you know, building or mostly manual laboring stuff that I just have no idea with. Yeah. And as we're setting up this house, got soil, building things, fences going in, all, all these little things. I'm really seeing the gap in my skill set in this area. And I wanted to ask if you like have it ever come to a realization where you're like, I am extremely lacking in this set of things. And I'm, I've got, you know, my, my father's a, a welder, my brother-in-law's a um, builder of sorts. I don't know what the hell he does, but you know, like I've got family that are more in that in side trades. of the, in trades. I'm trying to think of the right term. So I don't even know the term, let alone the actual skill set. And <laughs> I feel like I'm leaning on them a lot recently because, you know, realistically, as we're getting older, they're, they're not going, Josh, do you mind just coming over and, you know, setting up my computer and doing that? that that's a once-off thing. They're not calling me over, hey, Josh, I need you to walk me through how to use a PS5 UI. You know, they're not doing that. Realistically, yeah. what is happening is, hey, I need to build this. Hey, I need to do this. I can lift things. I can move things. I can, you know, push a wheelbarrow around, but I haven't got the skills. And the question I wanted to ask is, is there ever been a moment where you've gone to do something or need to do something and you've realized I actually do not know where to even begin to do these things because it happens to me more and more. And I can feel Naomi there. There is moments where 
you know, she, she rarely looks at me and says, you. I'm impressed. She never goes, oh, you know, that's very impressive. You know, my job is like, no one even knows what I do. My mum still doesn't know what I do. She said I work in marketing, which has got nothing to do with what I do. People just assume I work with cars because I work with businesses who have cars, but it's not like I am this, I'm a carpenter. I do those things and it's clearly defined and I'm useful in those things. I'm kind of like, what does he do? And then you know, it's hard to impress. I've got a wife that I'm trying to impress. He's like, what do you do? I see you on phone calls. You know, you're walking around the house. Looking busy. Looking busy. I'm doing the George Costanza thing where I'm just like, you know, looking angry all the time. So people ah. think you're busy <laughs> and I'm lacking. So I wanted to ask, you know, are you guys lacking in anything or are you kind of a, you know, jack of all trade type human? Well, Ricky, you're, you're country bumpkin. So there would have been something there, right? Um, when it comes to like hands-on stuff, I'm very good. I built this desk. I built that desk. Mm. Um, I like always, there's always like some sort of DIY thing I'm doing around the house. Um, I'm currently, I've just gotten into making custom keyboards. Um, so that's fun. So I'm learning how to solder at the moment. But when it comes to stuff that I needed help with, with my job, when I moved from just like being a bartender into then managing a bar, I had no concept of like corporate email structure. I was terrible at it. I would just write back like I would text somebody. But no, you got to hit them with the hello there, sir or madam, comma, fucking enter, enter, get down, then paragraph, paragraph, paragraph. Thank and you for your regards. email. All that, yeah, all that sort of stuff. I had to like go to my boss and just be like, all right, crash course five minutes. What's all the do's and don'ts? Because like the people that I that I usually CC in my emails at work are like the executives and the general managers and stuff of all the departments at Crown. Depending on what the email is, it can go to like nearly the top level of Crown. So I've got to be pretty on top of my language and stuff. And I had no idea because I'd never really had a job where emailing was a, a general part of my day. Now that it is, I've had to learn very quickly. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. This is all the stuff like... Uh, at the end of every shift, we have to send off like a report. It's just like a general rundown of how the, how the day was, all of our earnings for the day, any incidents that happened, whatever, right? Mm. And I've got to send that through to like uh, my general manager, my ops manager, um, uh, the kitchen staff, because obviously we're a restaurant, not just a bar. So like the kitchen, like the executive chef and that sort of stuff. And those, uh, each person has to be in a specific order of their <laughs> ranking within the business. Jesus, Sean's dying. It, yeah, <laughs> it it can't be out of order. So I've got to do like it's got to be like uh, EGM, GM, executive chef, ops manager, junior ops manager, and then uh, like front of house management stuff. And learning all of that was a very steep learning curve. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I've, this uh, this this conversation is very similar to uh, something that I had with my my own dad yesterday. It's so like son. Uh, yeah, what are you good for? <laughs> this whole, this whole, this whole conversation. And uh, if my dad ended up watching this, which he said he does occasionally, he's gonna give me a call afterwards and tell me once more. But basically, like I've, I finished looking at a place, call up my parents and be like, "Yeah, nah, it's not really working for me." And then my dad goes into the whole spiel about how, you know, you like moving forward in life and and all like giving that that father son story, and he's going through what his experiences were and it kind of, everything kind of clicks a little bit. So for example, the washing machine, 
if it's not running, like if it gets an error, okay, well, how do we fix that? Obviously, instead of getting someone in, like my dad's got the skills to be able to say, okay, well, if it does this, like this is this is what's wrong. So whether it's the balance of the clothes, whether it's the water cutoff, whether it's the electricity, like different things about the washing machine, different things about the whippersnapper, how to set up the fence. So he doesn't actually, like now he's in retirement, he doesn't actually call anybody up for for any of these sorts of trades he'll he's able to plaster a wall he's able to you know paint a house and do all that sort of stuff he redid all the stumps so all those support beams underneath like those older wooden houses he's just gone through and replaced them all over the place of over the space of about two months or so so he's very hands-on with that sort of stuff he learned it himself and now he does it and so yeah every time he comes over to my place it's like, okay, well, here's the whippersnipper or, okay, here's the lawnmower. This is what you do for this sort of thing when you want to check it. Or like, you know, going through the car. So I, there, there are absolute gaps in my knowledge. If he wants to know about the history of the Nintendo GameCube and all that, like, I'm, I'm there. Like, if he wants to talk about the latest games, I'm there. If he wants to talk about sport, I know basically every player in the AFL. But when it comes to things around the house, like, you know, fixing tools... Or, you know, how do you stop a roof leak? And like, what, what sort of things you need to do with the, um, with the oven? All these sorts of trade, manual, hands-on sort of stuff. He's got that experience. And yeah, like, I'm, I don't know this stuff. And years ago, I wouldn't listen. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Just, just, just do it for me. And now mm. uh, it's at the stage where, no, I, I want to know how to do it. So that way, if he's overseas or if he's traveling up in far north Queensland in a caravan, I, I don't have to call him and say, hey, how do I f- change the oil in my car? Mm. Like, I can actually do a full oil change without needing to go to a mechanic. Yeah. So I'm totally with you, Josh, where it's like, I feel like I can't do this sort of stuff, but now I'm starting to ask these questions or get told what to do. Mm. So mm. you're not alone in that regard. It's, it's very frustrating and it's extremely frustrating. You know, like I've got my job, I've got my career. I'm pretty, like, I'm good. I'm good at my job, right? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty high up in the business that I'm in for someone of my age. Definitely. Right. Like I've got skill sets, but it's just not something I can translate into the real world. Like it's extremely important and useful during my eight thirty to five time frame, but it's not something I can then. They're not life skills. No, no. And we don't get to sell some life skills. Yeah. All right. Go touch some grass. Like, I don't have to sew some, clothes. Go touch some grass and then, like, cut that, that helps. grass. Mm. Like, mm. Yeah. It, it's it's little anyway. things like that. And they, they, they help you with your, your quality of life. Like, you don't have to rely on somebody else to do it. You can do it yourself because you have the experience. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's like, a, there's a good, like, two to three things that I think everybody should know at some point. Like, just, if you know this, then it's one less phone call you got to make. Changing a tire. Yeah. Know how, to, know how to change a tire. Like, that is so simple. Um, unclogging a drain. Yep. Usually, it's a very simple thing. Like, just some Drano should fix the problem. Like, it's it'll save your call Drano. to a, a plumber. Mm. Um, what else? Surround uh, and, um, yourself with uh, people with skill uh, sets. That's what I do. So. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But then, like, fixing if like, know where your fuse box is in your house. Yep. Understand, understand your fuse. Understand box. what it does. Yeah, understand what your fuse box does because that'll save you a call to an electrician. Usually, if your lights are going out, 
you've just had you've just tripped a fuse. Just go yeah. and flick it back on. Nine times out of ten, problem solved. It's the tenth time, Solve. then you got to be Did like, "Did you say okay. solved?" Yeah, problem solved. It's the old paint. Um, <laughs> the, do you remember that paint ad? Was it? I can't no. remember who. Busy like playing slots. something. We're your trade skill podcast now. <laughs> For none no, of us are tradies. <laughs> yeah. No. Hey, if anyone in there needs an IKEA cabinet, I'm your man. But anyway, that's enough of this. <laughs> yeah. Following the steps. All right. Yeah. We'll we'll move on though. Um, we'll, we'll we'll talk about some games, considering we are a, a video game podcast. So we're going to talk about what games we've been playing this week. Now, I myself, I've uh, jumped into Borderlands Three. I'm halfway through now. Uh, basically just going through the story it, it was one of the borderlands games that i never played and i have a, a physical copy and i'm like look i'm trying to downsize i'm trying to move houses uh, this is a game i own uh, it takes about 20 25 hours i'll just i'll just finish it and then give i'll give it a crack yeah give it a crack finish it move on whatever so i'm playing that at the moment uh ricky what are you playing um i tried out citizen sleeper a game we talked about a couple of weeks ago it was coming out on Xbox Game Pass. Yep. Um, if anyone is going to jump into it, don't just skip through the menu or the um, or the tutorial. I was kind of just a bit impatient, just like clicking through dialogue. Probably should have read it a bit closer because like I got stuck about two hours into the game, and I like I had no like ability to to gather any more resources. Um, I couldn't progress the story any further. Like I was just stuck in this loop of like going through like the daily cycles and not getting anywhere. And then, then mm. I realized that I had completely missed like something that was blindingly obvious that I could have been doing to like help gather resources and progress the story forward. And I was just like, okay, yeah, don't skip through the menu, read everything that, especially in that first like half hour to 45 minutes, everything characters are saying to you is bloody important. And you need to listen to all of it or at least read all of it. Um, apart from that though, story is really cool. I love the art style. It's really, really fun. Um, and once you get going and you read all the instructions, uh, the gameplay loop is is really enjoyable. Where you're trying to like work out, all right, how am I gonna uh, allocate all my resources and and um and progress the story and level up my character and yeah, it's 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 good fun. So I got about three hours in um, after realizing my mistake of uh, not reading the instructions properly. Um, and yeah, I'm just sort of going back to it here and there when I've got time and just playing an hour or two. So, but no, it's, it's, it's good fun. Okay. Yeah. So what is one of those games that came on Game Pass? Uh, yeah. A week or two ago. So for those of you, Citizen Sleeper, give it a go. Ricky says yes. Josh, what about yourself? I haven't gone back uh, to Ghostwire Tokyo. I decided to go to play Uncharted. So <laughs> I mentioned last week that I didn't play the Legacy of Thieves collection when that launched in January, which is the PS5 remastered for Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and Lost Legacy, which was the downloadable standalone game. And I went back to play it, and I very quickly realised why Uncharted's one of the best franchises in PlayStation Stable and why Uncharted uh, is one of my favourite games of all time. Uncharted, guys... Play it. It's great. Uh, yeah. why, why Uncharted as a series is one of my favorite franchises of all time. Uh, and I've played each Uncharted game, like the, the mainline ones, one, two, and three, probably two or three times each, obviously on PS3. And I think when, I think on PS3, maybe twice. And then when they re-released the Nathan Drake collection and maybe even one more time. And Uncharted 3 has always been my favorite. And I've only played 
Uncharted 4 once, which is when it launched. I haven't gone back to it since. And I remember liking it. I remember really liking it, but I didn't have the impact of Uncharted 2 or 3. And I don't know if, for me, it was just a timing thing. Like, you know, Uncharted 3 came out 2011. I was in grade 11, year 11. Like, I wasn't even, I was still in high school. What a young boy. I remember, you know, when that game came out, I took the day off, of course. And people knew me that well at school as the PlayStation guy. They actually told my drama teacher while I was away. And, you know, I had a good relationship with most of the kids and the teacher. So they actually called me. And they're like, oh, how are you feeling? Blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I played along not knowing that they knew I was away because of Uncharted. And they finally opened up about it. I'm like, yeah, well, the game's great. And uh, yeah, love it. So 2015, I'm out of school, out of university, looking for a full-time job. Life's a bit different. Haven't got the time to really sit down as I used to. And I played through it, loved it, but moved on. And now going back to it, having it been you know so long, well, 2016, sorry, uh, been so long since I had played it, that it's like playing it for the first time again. And I'm really, really appreciating uh, appreciating the game itself like it's such a love letter to the series it closes a lot of the unanswered questions it's got throwbacks to the previous games it kind of just you know it encapsulates for me my favorite type of game where it's third person story driven action open ended in level design but not open world i feel like so many games have we we don't get games like uncharted anymore it's all about open world side quests you know, completing bigger question marks and yeah, you know, bigger is better question marks on a map where this is just so open-ended, like in terms of level design, there's different ways to kind of get to your end goal, but it's, you know, linear in the sense of it's very path driven and the game's incredible. Like it's like playing it for the first time and man, Uncharted is such a special series. And in terms of like what kicked off the PlayStation we know today, it's Uncharted. Mainly, probably Uncharted 2, I think that's when it really started. But the first Uncharted game... Drake's has, Fortune was pretty pretty solid. ...has influenced most, I would say, if not all, story-driven third-person games. Like, it's 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 proved... That was the, the proof of, hey, I haven't got... You know, this person that I, I know who doesn't play games, come watch me play Uncharted. And it was like, wow, you know, this is what video games could be. It's not just jumping on boxes and... Doing it's all so, that, so. it's so interesting because you had the first Uncharted, which I think was two thousand six, seven, seven, two thousand seven, and you had the first Gears of War around the same time ish. That was two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, and so both of them were third person games. Both of them used the cover system, except they went in different directions. Uncharted was more story driven, whereas Gears of War was more gunplay. And like they tried to do the story thing, but it, it wasn't quite to the same level as Uncharted. But Uncharted. both of those games kind of they turned a lot of third person titles on their head afterwards because their cover system was so good. Like mm. Uncharted had the really like it, it had a decent, very decent cover system, but they were able to kind of extend on it. Whereas Gears of War, like being able to change in cover and and get angles and all that sort of stuff you didn't have that in games prior you didn't mm. have the opportunity to be able to you know just swap over from one barrier to another or one side of the doorway to the other to get a different angle you you couldn't like that wasn't really a thing you pop out of cover you walk across you go in and leaves you open this one kind of you know gives a war allowed you for those quick changes so 
both mm. of those games really changed the, the game landscape. Big, big Uncharted. I, I, I feel like I'm always talking about Uncharted. You are. Now, I remember, <laughs> Sean, you haven't played Last of Us. Or you have, or was it Uncharted? I remember a conversation. I don't know if I'm mixing you up with someone, but was it you that... I am half... Okay, so I've finished Uncharted 1. I mm-hmm. finished it before trophies were a thing. Yeah. Uh, so I tried to go back, and I'm maybe halfway through. I started number two. Mm. I'm about a quarter of the way in. I got mm. bored. Mm. So I haven't played three. I haven't played four. I haven't played Lost Legacy. I'm, I want to go you know continue the story and all that uh mm. in terms of last of us i haven't played two i'm about maybe a quarter of the way through one and look, these sorts of games as third as third person cover shooters or third person story driven games mm. it hasn't been the game that i've felt like playing like when it is it is like i'll sit down but like right now i was after like I was trying to find a game to play. I was look, playing Civilization a bit. I was playing a little bit of the, like The Sims, Breath of the Wild. I was like trying to find a game. I found Borderlands 3 and that's kind of like hooked me a little bit because I'm like, okay, well, I know that I can kind of like maybe not breeze through it, but it's a first person shooter. I'm comfortable with it. I can play it on controller or PC and I can just get through it. So chances are after that, I'll move to maybe a third person game. But I've got Elden Ring sitting there. So got a lot of games to play a lot of games to get through what about you ricky i've played the last of us what about uncharted i've no got one. them you got them but you haven't They're sitting them. right there i'm gonna play them eventually i got the the, the... josh's heart you could see that you could pinpoint that moment where josh's i got heart the just i got ranks. the remake of the first three and i've got a thief's end there as well i'm gonna play them eventually they're on like my list of like stuff i want to tick off before i get you got a it. ps5 yeah. I just want to play them all on the PS4. Fuck the PS4 off and get a PS5. Well. Um, but they're just sitting there and I'm going to play them. They're, they're, there's a long list of PlayStation games there that I do want to play uh, eventually. Because um, I think the reason I got the PS4 in the first place was just to play um, Death Stranding. Okay. Uh, and then I just started like buying all the standalone, like just PS4 PlayStation games. Um, Josh Sean, what if you? there was uh, there. some sort of subscription service that would give Ricky Imagine the ability to play Imagine. previous PlayStation games on current gen hardware? It's almost like this was the perfect segue to <laughs> our first topic on the shoe Incredible. report. And so that topic, of course, is PlayStation Plus. Da-da-da. We have the tiers. We now have the games. We also have a date. Mm. yes so some people might have missed that but there's actually a date at the end of that one minute one second video that playstation did bring out but if you haven't already uh i did actually a quick summary at like 10 30 at night on monday uh, about the sort of games that are available uh, as part of the new playstation plus tier system and basically how it works and the things that are included so if you haven't already check that out uh we're probably gonna i don't know i'll, I'll put the video link on top of Ricky's face for about 10 seconds while you, so you can click on that. But otherwise, we are going to talk a little bit about what PlayStation's offering is for their system. And you know what? It's, uh, it's got me a little bit enthused. I'm a little bit uh, interested in what they have to offer 
But firstly, we'll get everybody's thoughts. Ricky, I want to start with you. When you first saw the list, you read the blog post, you saw the video, and you saw the titles available, what was your first thought? Damn it, I already bought all these games physically. <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, it is a very comprehensive list, uh, especially with the first-party titles. There is a good amount of PS5 versions of those titles. Very nice to see. Uh, plenty of PS4 games, uh, first party and third party. But yeah, I think it is a pretty solid beginning. Um, they really do have a... like. I think we said this when we talked about this when it was sort of announced. They do have a really rich catalogue to draw from. And now that it seems like Ubisoft have come on board somewhat as well, big plethora of those games that can be uh, put up there as... Ignored by you, I'm probably going to play Far Cry 3 again because I love that game. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's a pretty good list to start with. Um, I'm just going through like some of the other like third-party titles. It's pretty solid. Ooh, Lego Harry Potter. Fuck yeah. Right. Um, yeah, okay. But so... yeah, no, it's, it's the one that's like get, that gets me, and I think it's going to get us especially in this group here because of our geographical location. Um, the PS3 list is not the strongest, but it's got some good games in there. And I'm just like, I sold all those games and I can't play them and, now. Yeah, and we won't um, get them. No, which no. kind of sucks. Because um, I did see uh, Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare on there. And that is like a very underrated expansion of the first um, Red Dead Redemption game. We'll delve, we'll delve and, into PS3 uh, a little bit later. Because I, yeah. I, I'm sure Josh has a couple of comments. I have a couple of one, comments. One about... solitary tier for our internet uh, speeds yeah. here in Australia. Now, I will mm. say before Josh, before I get your thoughts, because I know that you've you've got a, an essay written up for this. Uh, so my first response when I saw the blog post and I'd done the video and all that sort of stuff, the first thing I did was I went over to my physical games that I've bought for the PlayStation Four and that I bought for PS Five, and I basically counted and ticked off how many have already been named as part of this service, so I can get rid of the physical copies. I did the same thing when these games were announced for Game Pass for Xbox. I did the same thing. All the games that were on Game Pass, take out of the collection, sell. Because I, I, I'm at that stage where if it can help me downsize, and if these are games that I've already got that I do intend to play, great. I now have, I now have the opportunity to have a digital copy for a fraction of the price. So Josh, what was your thoughts? Yeah, uh, initial impressions were, look, I was pleasantly surprised. I had my expectations set at the very bare minimum. <laughs> so, any, so God of War so 2017 any, and that's about it. I, uh, not even. Like, <laughs> I, I was expecting just straight PS Now rehash. Oh, uh, yeah, like uh, Sony could either go one or two paths. They could do the uh, PS uh, VR headset where they support it and give it a sequel, or they can go down the Vita path and let it die. So I was pleasantly surprised when they uh, kind of showcased what type of titles we're getting here. Now, this isn't the full list. They've just said this is kind of a selection of those games. Uh, for those listening or watching, we're here, we live in Australia, so we're getting the deluxe uh, variant, not the premium tier, which basically extra, is extra tier. Is that extra tier? Uh, no, uh, it's not premium. extra. It's deluxe. Premium. Oh, premium. It's essential. It's essential. Extra premium. We don't get premium. We, oh, get, we get deluxe. deluxe. Yep, yeah, because we're deluxe not getting the PS3. Is, 
Deluxe is basically the premium tier minus the PS3 streamable games. Uh, but yeah, so my expectations were set at, at a bare minimum, but I think this does paint a good picture for PlayStation. I'm still not sold on subscribing at any real level. I think as a hardcore PlayStation gamer, as I am, this is a nice added benefit. But for someone like Ricky or someone who's an Xbox-centric gamer or new to the PlayStation ecosystem, this provides, I think, a great value and a great introduction into uh, PlayStation's back catalogue. So I think all in all, I'm impressed. I think the classics could definitely use some work. There is very, yeah. There's only one PSP game listed there. Um, the PS1 games are very is a small selection, but I was pleasantly surprised with the little details. For instance, I was fully expecting uh, save data and and trophies not to carry over. They do, which is great for this for the uh, game trials. I wasn't expecting um, some PS1 games and PSP games to be uh, able to be purchased individually. They are. That was a surprise. Good to hear that if you own those games or if you've purchased select PS Classic games from your PS3 or PS4 and they are available on this service, you'll be able to redeem those games at no additional cost without actually subscribing to the service. Which was, that that was a big surprise. Yeah, so it's all these little things, I think, coming together that paint a, a good picture. Uh, and, and I'm sure we're going to definitely get into the conversation of where this compares against, I guess, like a Game Pass competitor, which it is a competitor too. But I think overall, to answer your question, I was pleasantly surprised. And I think this is a good starting step um, for, for this program. Okay. Now, you mentioned Game Pass. So that that's the obvious uh, pink elephant in the room. Uh, Nintendo, don't they, they aren't really part of this conversation. So we'll, we'll put them to the side. But in terms of what the PlayStation Plus games catalog has in comparison to, say, what Game Pass offers Xbox players, how do we kind of interpret them? Because I'm, I'm starting to see that like, we've, we've got a, a vast range for Game Pass, but we see Game Pass more as if you've got the first-party titles, they're there, they're always there, like your Halo, your Fable, they're, they're always going to be part of it. And then they'll rotate the, this third party, the indie, they'll rotate them through, similar to your Netflix. We don't know 100% about PlayStation Plus, but from what they're at least doing with these curated initial lists is showing that there's a lot of first party titles and then there's some third party titles. But the focus is on PlayStation, on PlayStation's history, on PlayStation's back catalogue getting kind of either that nostalgia wave I, I i feel like this is kind of aimed more at you know people who yeah as josh said people who are new to the service or people who have thought about getting a playstation this is the best stepping stone for people who already have it it's like okay cool whereas with game pass it's that okay cool factor but you know you're going to get the new stuff day one when it releases you know you're mm. going to get your Age of Empires 4. You know you're going to get your Starfield next year. You know you're going to get these th these games day one. So I think they're like one's about almost growth of their user base. And the other one is, like, it now feels like Game Pass is kind of just trying to keep people in 
the ecosystem. And it's and not... I, yeah, sorry? I was just going to say, and I think that's their biggest strength and biggest weakness. Like, no I'm no, no one's going to sit here and and, comp- and say Game Pass isn't great value. I, 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 you know, I would yeah. fight tooth and nail to, to debate that it is. Uh, but its greatest strength is the ability to have first-party games day launch day and date. And that is something PlayStation's not doing. So I don't... I just think being realistic, there is nothing Sony could do to match that version of Game Pass unless they put their first party games in the service day and date, which they have said in multiple occasions they will not do and have, you know, justified they won't why. Do it. They won't do and it. And people, you know, I've seen conversations online that, uh, you know, Sony definitely could launch games into day pa- a game uh, into PlayStation Plus. You know, their, ex- their reasoning behind that, the financial... Um, uh, input that they require to make these games doesn't make it viable to launch these games. Yeah, but in they're a not service. Microsoft, and they're not doing this t- for a loss to get people. Exactly. So Sony aren't in a position to do that because, and I, I tend to agree with that stance that if they were to launch games into a service day and date, we will see an impact to the quality of the games. I, you know, and I think this is just me thinking of once now that I've played Uncharted Four, like, re- like very recently playing that on my PS Five. I'm yet, you know, fanboys stand down, but I am yet to see a Xbox exclusive that is launched that in terms of quality in storytelling or not even storytelling because not everything's about story, but in terms of graphical fidelity, um, you know, just polish that lives up to most PlayStation games. The only one I could really think of is I think the Forza games and Forza Horizon. Like Halo launched and people seem to like Infinite, the story it got criticized for you know one open world map that looks looked the same throughout the entirety of the game it does have some of that ubisoft kind of you know take down the tower destroy this Jeez. thing type sea thing. of thieves gets mad disrespect i gotta say no, <laughs> it, 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 i think sea of thieves is great for what it is but it's like that's like the media molecule game right that's like the little big planet or a concrete genie it's not in the conversation when i'm comparing God of War and whatever, you know, Gears or whatever that is, right? So I think that justifies, I think, why they would not be able to launch the games in day and date. Now, what I was saying earlier about their biggest strength is also their biggest weakness. If games aren't launching consistently into Game Pass, and this year's an example of that where we're not seeing Xbox being able to really launch exclusives into the service... The conversation quickly turns. I've never seen momentum that was like, you know, like Sonic running down the street and it's just halted. And now I'm seeing the conversation online is Xbox has no games again. And it can just turn like that. Where I think the way that this is set up, Sony have avoided that because it looks like games are going to be launching normally and you buy them and you do whatever. And then in 12 months time, ish because we're seeing games like six months I, I think you got your you, uh, your ghost of shima and that sort of stuff i think yeah, yeah. Six, six to eight months almost looks like it yeah i think the closest one we got returnal right that was april i think april 30th so it's just ticked over 12 months oh you've got um uh ghosts oh, sorry death stranding director's cut ghost you've of got Tsushima director's cut but yeah. they're technically older because they were ps4 games but they are ps5 versions of it but yeah. i in terms of like ps5 games like Returnal's about it yeah, or just yeah. PS5 games. Returnal's the newest one. So they've got the benefit of saying, hey, we're still going to release car, uh, cars, release games cars. on that higher quality AAA space, sell them to you traditionally. But if you're a little bit late to the party and you don't want to play day one, 
we'll have these games come to the service. So yeah, there's a lot of like little differences here. I think Game Pass is great because it gives you access to first party games day and date. Um, I think it's doing a great job for indies and some of that smaller stuff that you wouldn't traditionally play and that discoverability of finding a new game. I think Sony is actually taking a more Nintendo style approach where it's like, hey, we want a news drop every week to say, oh, once a month to say, hey, Metal Gear Solid 1 is coming to the service or Castlevania Symphony of the Night is coming to PS1 Classics. Hey, you know, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is launching into the service. That game came out, I think, in May. So that would be, well, June one of the two months June. last year. So that will be gearing up to be launching into the service in a month or two. So it's interesting how they've taken, you know, the same concept of a service, but are, are, are taking different approaches to it. There is definitely weaknesses in this PlayStation service. And that I think is very much driven by the lack of backwards compatibility natively. So Ricky, what was mm-hmm. it like in terms of, uh, you know, the PlayStation plus and its comparison with game pass, like, where do you where do you see it as? Because you you don't you don't have PlayStation Plus, I'm assuming, or yeah, you you've no. you're now invested in Game Pass, like you're playing Citizen Sleeper on Game Pass, uh, one of the newer games. Yeah. Like, what what's your take on it? Um, the more that I like think about this, and obviously we had our larger conversation a few weeks ago when we were talking about this. The more that I look at this, and the more I look at the games list that they've sort of dropped on us, and and that this does feel like an addition to the entire PlayStation ecosystem, whereas Game Pass is the Xbox ecosystem at this point. Yeah, agreed. Um, This just feels like if you were like me and you sold your PS3 in the last year and you were like, damn, I wish I could go back and play some games, this now gives you the ability to do that. Um, Like, I think uh, Josh just brought up the point, like, there's no indies on here except for maybe Celeste and Hollow Knight. So far, everything everything else, well, yeah, so far, but everything else is double A, triple A level games, yeah. um, which is good. But the chances are, like, if you look at this entire list, like, most people are going to have these games physically in their homes right now. They're not giving you anything. Well, they would have already yet. played them. Yeah, exactly. Like, I look at I look at the first party list for the PS4 games, and it's basically like every game that I own back here is in that list. So do I just sell all those and play them digitally? Or do I just keep playing these and not bother with PlayStation, like the, the service for it's the time It's a good argument, yeah. Mm. Um, Ricky, do you think, um, uh, you know, you're pretty, like the three of us and probably people who watch or listen to this, we're, I guess we consider that hardcore gamer group. Like mm. do your average person who plays a few games a year do you think that they've played most of these titles like we would have? Like like you said, I agree, right? That's why I'm hesitant to subscribe because it's like, well, m- literally most 99% of these first-party games I've played. Um, yeah. But do you think like for the average person that walks into a store and, you know, oh, hey, I'm looking to buy an Xbox or a PlayStation. Oh, they've both got subscription services. Like, do you think that this would be appealing to say, hey, you're set to play some of PS4's greatest games? and some PS5 ones as well. I think that the average person that walks into a gaming store, and I remember this, and we've all worked in in gaming stores as well. For me, there's like, this is very derivative, but there's like two types of gamers. There is the people that kind of hit all the big AAAs and they like to, 
you know, sort of play all the big titles that come out every year, whether that be like on the PlayStation side or the Xbox side, or a little bit of both if they're lucky enough to have both consoles. The other kind of gamer is the person that just plays FIFA or just plays 2K. They just stick to one game. They buy that same game every year or like even before that, uh, Call of Duty. They would just play Call of Duty and they'd play it for the entire year, year cycle of it being out and then they'd drop it and buy the next one and do the exact same thing. I had people that would come in and buy a $200 FIFA uh, card every week with mm. a chance to pull a digital copy of Ronaldo or some shit. Ultimate so team. I think that... Yeah, Ultimate Team. Thank you. Um, so I think that for the people that do hit all the big AAA titles every year and sort of just stick to that side of gaming, I think there's a chance that they would have played at least, I would hazard a guess, God of War. Definitely Uncharted would have crossed their path. Last of Us um, and maybe Horizon. Uh, not a massive list of what's on here, but oh, probably Spider-Man as well. Spider-Man, very popular game. Um, maybe not Knack. <laughs> maybe not Knack. Where's Knack 2, baby? It did, it did come with the... Save it, it, save it. Didn't it, didn't it come with a lot of the first launch uh, PS4s? Knack. So uh, it was a launch game. I think there was some bundles, like, but they yeah. weren't... Yeah, Sony. Wasn't, that was just it wasn't, it wasn't like right. Wii Sports and stuff. It was right, it was right. the store saying, "Hey, we've got all these excess copies of Knack. <laughs> we need to need to sell." Yeah, it's like when um yeah they started bundling uh, Watchdogs with all, every Xbox. Yeah, so they couldn't get rid of them fast enough. Um, so yeah, I think like for the average person, yeah, they've probably paid maybe half a dozen games on the on the first party list, and this is still a good way for them to play the other thirty or so that are on there. So I think there is definitely value in that, but at the same time how long are you going to hold on to that subscription? If these people aren't playing, you know, a dozen games a year, like one, one game a month, let's say at the low end, are they going to keep paying 15, 20 bucks a month for the chance to play a bunch of these games that they missed out on the first, in like the first time around? Um, and then on the other side of things, like the person that like, cause I know I did see uh, NBA 2K22 is on here. Um, but 23 is, like three months out. Yeah, but again, like, is 23 going to launch day and date on this service? Fuck no. no. Hell no. So you're not going to get that crowd either. So I think there is a very specific crowd for this. But like I said at the top, it is an addition to the Sony ecosystem rather than being the entirety of the ecosystem um, going forward. That may change as they start to um, add stuff down the line. Obviously, as we all saw, everything below PS4 level PS3, PS2, PS1. Very limited names at this point. We are going to get updates, obviously, going forward. And you're right, they're going to want to be able to come out every month and go, hey, bang, this, 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 and this is coming out this month. And they're going to keep doing that until they eventually run out of games to talk about. But, yeah, I think for now, it is a good list of games, of very popular games on their service. Uh, but it's definitely not a competitor to game pass in the way that a lot of people think that it is it's it's an addition it's a nice to have it's a it's a supplemental thing um on top of you already owning a ps4 or a ps5 and existing in that ecosystem um whereas like i said game pass has become the microsoft ecosystem so yeah i think to compare them is marketing and clickbait uh, at this point for most most media outlets what do you reckon, Sean? 
Okay, so I, I, I think this is actually interesting and it kind of comes back to who is that target market? Who is your audience that's going to get this as a subscription? So we can look at the, at the list and yeah, it's a great list of games as, as Ricky has already mentioned, but who's going to get it? If you're walking in to like your EB Games or your JB Hi-Fi, you want to get a brand new console, you've got Xbox, you've got PlayStation, you're not really looking for the kids, you don't need a Switch. So you're looking for something for yourself. And I can say, okay, they both have subscriptions. Okay, what are the key differences? Well, this one has a collection of all the like previous hits, like all the big name games that you can find are all part of this service. Okay, great. What about the other one? The other one also has the same thing, but you can also get any brand new games day and day on the service. That's what you're first party games, yeah. yeah, First party. That's that's what you're looking at in terms of difference. If you're like us and you want to play those games day one, like when Halo Infinite comes out, you want to play it day one, you'll get Game Pass. And that makes a lot of sense. Whereas if you're someone who wants to play Horizon Forbidden West straight up, it like you're gonna have to buy the game. You can't get it through this service. So for, you wait for, a year. <laughs> exactly. You've got to wait a year. So I don't think this service is for for those players who, you know, are, buy, are playing those games the moment they come out. They're playing Cyberpunk when it comes out. They're playing these sorts of games. They're, they're the ones who are happy to wait a couple of years and then pick it up for cheap, like in the secondhand bin sort of stuff. So, Sean, what, what are your thoughts on this concept then? Because I think you raised a good point. Like, who, who is this for? Now, Sony announced during their financial call, they've got about 47 million PlayStation Plus users, right? Yeah. So they're currently playing, if you look at a per month basis, which most people subscribe annually. So the, the prices are, you know, obviously more Different, expensive yeah. to do a month to month. But in Australia, for a month of PlayStation Plus Essential, which is the PlayStation Plus as we know it today, eleven ninety five. One month for the extra tier, which is the middle tier that gives them the back catalogue of PS4 and 5 games, which I think is the most uh, quality um, value for money tier. It's $18. So it's like another five dollars more yeah that's where it starts getting interesting because it's like the 47 million subscribers that they have hey for five dollars more you get all this all the ps4 and all the ps5 games i'll I'll bring it i'll bring that back to you then so Mm -hmm. you've got so and and this is the um the middle tier right that we're talking about so this is the uh, this is the extra tier which has those ps4 ps5 games so that's 18 dollars or or 19 dollars Australia, yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. Game Pass Ultimate, which also gives you gold, is fifteen ninety five a month. Yes, however, they don't give you the ability and... to do a twelve month thing. So if you look at if you look at it over twelve mm-hmm. months, Game yeah. Pass Ultimate is one hundred and ninety dollars, where the extra is one hundred and thirty. So it's cheaper right. on a twelve month basis because you can buy in bulk. Game, okay. Game Pass Ultimate also gives you the opportunity to play on two two different platforms. Yep, PC. PC. It, it opens up the PC market and it has those games streaming. Day and day. Yep, yeah, 100%. it gives you streaming. So yeah. when you look at it in terms of costings, if you want to get this, yeah, you want to buy in bulk and save. You want to mm. get that yearly subscription, but even then, kind of, what are you getting it for? Like for me, mm. I'd be getting if if I am going to get it. It's because I'm going to sell the physical copies and say, well, when I want to play the game, I'm going to play the digital copy. But even then, would I commit to a year? Or is it like, mm. okay, well, you know what? I feel like playing Bloodborne this month. Mm. Or something like that. At least with Game Pass, 
when you have it monthly like my my dad doesn't for example he, he's got the xbox series s so he, he doesn't do discs anymore and yeah. so when halo comes out okay i'll chuck a month on i'll play halo and then he doesn't have to worry about it and oh i feel like playing handsome jack collection that's on there okay i'll do a month so he's able to to kind of pick and choose when he wants to do it whereas when you when you're in that yearly tier it's a little bit harder and like i'm sure we don't use netflix every month but we no. have the, that subscription that rolls over every month and that's so, what xbox is trying to replicate by having it as a very low cost every month as opposed to 160 dollars a year or whatever 190 dollars yeah. a year uh, one thing i would say though and i think this is just a, a the fact that we surround ourselves by people who play games often and are in the know, I think we underestimate how many, you know, the, the hundred, look at PS4, for instance, 117 million consoles sold. Yep. What percentage of those people are those hardcore where a game like Bloodborne sold 5 million copies? Yeah. So 5 million out of 117 million PS4s. I can tell so you that- three, three games that people want to buy a PlayStation for. It's FIFA, NBA, and Grand Theft Auto Online. And Call of Duty. Not now, even anymore. Not even anymore. For, uh, uh, it's, but, it's Warzone you know, it's free still, to play. <laughs> yeah, it's still one of the highest out. But uh, uh, in terms of, yeah, going back to this. So yeah. even a game like Spider-Man, right? Probably the most recognizable, one of the most recognizable characters ever. Marvel movies are as popular as ever. It's a freaking Spider-Man game that reviewed extremely well. 20 million copies. So again, 117 million PS4s plus... 17 million PS5s, 20 million copies. So statistically, that shows nearly. most people aren't buying these games. So if you're hardcore and you want to play PlayStation's new games day one, nothing changes for you. Yeah, You buy the game day one, which, depending on how you see it, is Sony training its uh, uh, people to not expect to just get these games day one in the service because nothing's changing. Where Xbox, it's like, you know, you're not going to buy the game. I wouldn't buy a Halo. I'll just, if I want to play it for a month, I'll sign in for a month and do it and bounce. I've done that. I'm, I'm not subscribed to Game Pass anymore because at the moment, there is nothing launching into it that I'm excited to play. And I, I can't deal with the catalog of games, which gives me anxiety. Um, but yeah, so most people aren't, most people aren't playing the large titles day and date. So if they're just those people that play not even just people who play Call of Duty FIFA. I think we, we sometimes categorize a lot of people as that, yeah. but it may just be people who just don't have exposable income and only can play some games per year. And I think this is where the extra tier provides the best value, where if it is games that are launching out and then in 12 months are coming to the service, it's going to train still people able to wait. Well, it will it because those games weren't being sold well, at that point. At twelve months, I don't. Th- I, I disagree because I think at that point games aren't selling. Right? We always talk about games sell the most in the first one to two, three months. Right? Like yeah. full price, big games out. Everyone's talking about it. You play it, right? I don't think someone that's hardcore like us will say God of War Ragnarok's coming out. I'm so excited. Um, and I'm just going to wait 12 months now because I'll know it will come to... I just don't think most people... Not every game is cyberpunk. That. Yeah, like most people, if they want to play it, they're already conditioned to buy it day one. They're not going to go, oh, all of a sudden, no, I'll wait 12 months. So I don't think it's going to influence sales in, in a negative sense. Where it could also benefit is in that 
deluxe tier or that premium tier for other countries around the world is the game trials where a game like horizon forbidden west comes out and it's a two-hour trial that you can download the full game as a trial and play two hours of the game before it prompts you to buy it is giving you access i think that's the closest you're going to get to day and date but you know some people might find value in that where hey i don't mind you know subscribe i think per month it's 21 dollars here in australia but yeah. again annually deluxe is 154 dollars, so it's still cheaper 40 dollars or so cheaper than game pass in 12 months and if it is what we heard where sony is basically enforcing um a uh, trial version of a game above a certain retail price or uh, internal price that hey look oh i don't know if i'm going to play tiny tina's wonderlands but I'm subscribed to the service. It's just launched. Maybe I'll try it. Hey, I like it. I want to play more than two hours. I'll buy it. So I think it kind of can do a few things, but I I, I, I disagree in the sense I don't think it's going to train impact people sales. not to... Yeah, impact sales in, in, in a negative way in any stance. Yeah, I yeah, still yeah. Think oh, that's all right. Get... Popping the question out. No, no, it's a good question. I do think this, this service will have games launch day and date i just don't think it's going to be sony's games and i don't know if it'll be anything big but it might be like kenna bridge of spirits great game you know small double a i don't think day and day maybe like three six months like a shorter time frame than than your triple a titles i don't know i i i can see a world where well don't forget sony launched games day and day into playstation plus now like we we saw that with um four guys like i know it's going to free to play but that launched as a as a playstation plus game what, why wouldn't and they so did if it's destruction all stars didn't it destruction all stars like we are I, I people are talking online as if that never happened like that probably still will happen um but just don't expect god of War ragnarok to launch but Kenner bridge of spirits 2 that double a any sony partnered indie games like a new shovel nine or anything like that they can go out and get those games because i think that's what xbox do really well when they've got quiet months you know trek to yumi was one that just came out that was a devolver digital you know uh game that that's launching into the service, so I think there is still opportunities for that, and yeah, it will be interesting to see how it pans out. Because if you look back to what Game Pass was when it launched, it didn't have first-party games in it, didn't have PC, didn't have streaming. It was a very different service six, seven years ago. So we'll see where this this pans out. And again, I talk about it, people are like, oh, he's fanboy, fam. I don't plan to actually subscribe. I'll probably keep the essential tier, which is the the base PS Plus, like you know. You know, and I'm I'm considered probably well, one you, of the that, most. Well, that's because you don't need it. You've played exactly. the games, and if you if you want to play it again, chances are you've already kept it. So it's not exactly this this service isn't targeted at you. If anything, it's targeted at someone like Ricky. Yeah, that's exactly my point. So yeah. Ricky goes on to you. Are you going to subscribe? I don't know. Most of the games on here that I would want to play that I just haven't got around to buying yet are like $12 at EB Games. Like, I don't know what it is about PlayStation, but the minute a game is more than like two years old, especially from their first party titles, it plummets in price. Like, I got... Hang on. Are you part of the Essentials or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all the ones back there with the red labels are like their like they're like essential... They're 29.95 RRP. Platinums. Yeah, they're, they're game of the year Platinums. like versions of games that have been out for a couple of years now. And then EB, EB Games wax 50% off that and they're like $15. Mm. So the only ones on this list here that I don't have over there 
Uh, Bloodborne. Do you plan and... to play Demon Souls? If you buy a PS5, do you plan to play Demon Souls? Yeah, but I don't have a PS5. Do you plan to play, play, yeah, play I'd, Returnal? I'd play Demon Souls. Returnal. Uh, Returnal doesn't interest me. Um, really? Yeah, the only ones that I... No, not really. The only, yeah, the only one I don't have over there that's on this list is Bloodborne, Shadow of the Colossus, and that's it. Hmm. Like, that's two, two, two games. So, okay. So uh, I'm, not, all right. I'm not running out to to jump on this really at the end of the day and also uh i've got a base ps5 with a 500 gigabyte hard drive that is going to get chewed up so quickly if i start just downloading games to it off this service like it's going to disappear so i'd have to do that thing where you're just like deleting and reinstalling games when you when you want to play them which is uh frustrating that's okay um, just delete it when you're finished yeah. I know, I know, but I get like lazy. I just forget to do it. Whereas, like, I love doing that. I got, I got Game Pass on my PC. I have a four terabyte hard drive. I just download the entire. Or you stream. Uh, don't trust my internet. I, I've, I've done it before. I've, I've. Nor should anyone Game in Pass Australia. On, through Game Pass on the Xbox, I've actually like stream played games instead of downloading them, and the, the re, like the response time is actually really good. It, it's oh, almost I'm, like it's installed. I do sure. only get X X Cloud when it comes out, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not confident in australia's internet infrastructure just yet anyway yes josh i was gonna ask so for you uh let's pretend we live in a world where you weren't able to get a ps5 at launch right okay and you get it in july so the service just launched yeah would you subscribe knowing that probably ratchet and clank will be here returnals on here demon souls so etc etc I guess this kind of leads to what our focus is on this service, mm. which is the PS4 and the PS5 games. That, if you notice, that's our focus. It's not on the classics. Not yet. That's because the biggest yeah. chunk of the classics we're going to get, we don't get. Yeah. Well, like, let's face it, of all well, the classics we're going to no, get, we, it's going to be mostly PS3 games, and we get none of them. No, I, oh, I'm talking about, like, you know, your, your Jack and Daxter and, and you. Even yeah, your I know, but like. Bulletstorm, if, Kingdoms of Avalor, like, that sort of stuff. But we're not getting the like PS3 the fact, stuff. We've only gotten about half a dozen PS2, PS3, PSP games. Yeah. Oh, sorry, PS. Like, that's all we've got. Obviously, they're going to add more down the line. But at this point, it accounts for 5% of the games they've announced. So if I, the biggest focus has to be right now is on the PS4 and PS5 games. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm aware. No, I just find it interesting. That's, yeah, because if you're paying for a year subscription right now, what you're paying for is PS4 games, no PS3 games for us, but like PS3 games and then like PS2 and PS1 games. That's what you're paying for. Yeah. I know it's going to change, but... Right now, that's what they've given us. Well, look, they've they've given us a curate. This is a curated list. This is this is trying to get our attention, and it's got yeah, our attention. Yeah. But no I, Sly Cooper though. Just yeah, saying. no Sly Cooper. Yeah. Anyway, so if I was if I was buying a PlayStation Five, if I don't have a PlayStation Five, I'm buying a PlayStation Five in July, and I have the option to purchase this. The first thing that runs through my mind is: Have I got a PS4, and have I played any of these games? If the answer is yes. I'm not subscribing. I might do essentials, but you wouldn't subscribe because chances are any, all of these games you would have already played. If you are a new, new to console, new to PlayStation. So you might've had an Xbox. You might've had a switch. You might've been playing PC and you're buying a PlayStation five for the first time. Yes. 100% 
you'll be subscribing probably to the extra tier. You wouldn't need necessarily premium or deluxe for us. You might get that if they start to bring out some of those retro games that, oh, yeah, I remember that on PS1. Yeah, I want to play that. Like, if you have that conversation with yourself, you might be considered. But the extra tier, the middle tier, offers the most value for a brand new customer to PlayStation. If you're existing and you're already part of that ecosystem, this will not excite you. This will not wet the bed. Like, this is a games list where it's like, oh, yeah, I remember all those games. Anyway, that's all it is. I just had a look down on my my Game Pass, like what I've got installed on my computer right now. None of them are games that I've played anywhere else. Like, except for Master Chief Collection and and Minecraft because I can play my Halo games at once. But all of them are like brand new games that either are are like uh, Xbox first parties or they're like indie games games that I, I would have never played if it wasn't for this service. Like I haven't gone Citizen back and downloaded... Sleeper, you wouldn't have bought. No, no. But I haven't gone back and like re-downloaded like Battlefield 3, which is one of my favorite competitive shooters of all time. I haven't bothered mostly because it, it's dead. But I haven't had the even urge to go, oh, I remember that game, and then hit the download button with the intention of maybe or maybe not playing at any point. But I haven't even bothered to look backwards. No one at... does. People oh, want okay. to. <laughs> People, People want the new games you anyway. You do. You think you do. And unless you really like really want to go back and play it for whatever reason um yeah i just i don't know how much of that like the the game that i brought up earlier like red dead redemption undead nightmare like that is cool the fact that it exists like they're, they're doing a, a downloadable version of it that's cool but if i bought this the service would i actually go through the effort of downloading and playing it i don't know yeah. maybe if i could think of a twitch stream around it then maybe i'd do it but it feels um, it feels like the most part, yeah. the most part i either want games that are relatively recent that I missed or brand new games that are coming out that I don't have to pay full price for. Yeah, and we, so, we, will, we will need to wrap this up and move on to our last topic. Yeah. But I guess, yeah. I guess the final thought, like my final thought on this one, and Josh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have a go as well. Uh, I guess my final thought on this is it doesn't feel like it's 100% special. There's no, there's no big pull. To this like maybe the game trials sounds cool but otherwise like you've got to go you know you're looking at your 21 dollars a month or you or the high you're looking highest tier for that whereas at least if you look at a, a service like game pass you're looking at day one first party titles and so that's i i feel it, maybe to new customers i feel like that's maybe more of a pull because in reality when you're looking at it like yeah it's great to look, go back and play those old games but even saying that you go back to play them some people just want to play what's new and what's upcoming and that actually leads into our next topic but josh i do want you to have your little final say on it my final thoughts is it's still early days uh i am not sold to to um subscribe higher than what i am currently and by early days i mean it's you know game pass is seven years old (laughs) like it's still early in its its inception um i think the premium tier will live and die on how much retro stuff we do get i'm talking ps you know final fantasy 7 metal gear castlevania like all those classics and the game trials i think if that is done properly i think there is value in in having that level of access to new games day and date because that solves the question of 
new games, right? If if Gotham Knights launches and it has a two hour trial and you're not sold on buying it, it's almost worth there's, it. It's there's value in that. Uh, in terms of the Game Pass comparison and things like that, this is their answer. I still don't think when I would me Josh working at a retail store sell PlayStation, I'd still sell them on the same the same things I would have sold them before this service, right? Which would have been high quality, you know, AAA first party games launching consistently. Now, I've I unsubscribed to Game Pass not because mainly because I can't deal with the, the too many games. It just doesn't I go crazy, but. There is nothing, I think, launching in it in 2022, which feeds directly into our next topic, that excites me. Um, so I think these services uh, fit a role and a purpose for different people for different reasons. If you're a new gamer, these both Game Pass and this service do a, a play a role of giving you access to previous generation games and a library of games you can dive straight into day and date. That's that service and that role. For someone like me and you guys, it sounds like for someone who's involved in playing most of the new stuff, PlayStation Plus Essentials is the level that you'll remain on, which is great because Sony's still getting, you know, their money from that. And you're still getting your free games every month. Yeah. The third part of it is I think there's a portion of that 47 million that are at the Essential tier now that they can say to, hey, for $5 more, you're going to get access to Returnal, which you were thinking about playing. You didn't pick it up, though. $125. It's $5 more a month. And then when you look at it per year, I think it's, if you look at the Australian pricing, uh, Essentials is $79, which is what we pay now. It's 130 So it's a bit more on an annual basis. But if you're, subscribe, yeah, if you're subscribed month to month, it's 4 $5 more. So I think there's a case to be made for those types of people. So... Yeah, this is Sony's answer to Game Pass. Yes, it will evolve and change over time. It'd be great to get this on PC. Great to be able to stream to mobile and all those other things. Let's hold our horses on that. Sony still need to rectify the PS3 issue, which we spoke about in the past. But I think we're all walking away from this conversation and this announcement as this is better than what I was expecting. Still work to be done. Yeah, it's, it is their answer to Game Pass. And... Yeah, it's not quite there, but we can't expect it to be this early. Give it time. Patience. Speaking of patience, we are no, going to have to be patient. because no, it's, uh, it's funny that one of their, their third-party yeah. um, game trials is Cyberpunk 2077, a game that is 18 months old. Yeah, you can have a two-hour trial, and if you don't get any bugs, you may as well buy it. <laughs> you guys I'll, save you I'll save you the two hours. Jeez, don't I had a good segue. You guys we... are ruining it. Before, I know, because that was a great transition. Um, <laughs> you remember that when asked about putting Cyberpunk onto a service, CD Projekt Red said, now's not the time to do it. So this could be a little bit of, you know, uh, we're sorry, Sony, you know, how they took the game off the PlayStation Store, a bit of sucking up back to, to yeah. Daddy Shuhei and or Father Jim and saying, all right, we'll, we'll do this trial thing for you guys. So I just thought that was interesting. But yes, let's move on. <laughs> we will move on. And um, we are talking about patience and we will have to be patient. Because uh, Bethesda has come out and said that both Starfield and Redfall are going to be delayed. They're not going to come out until next year, 2023, which is a huge blow. More so for Starfield, less for Redfall. I don't think I don't know anybody who even knew what Redfall was, and everyone was disappointed when it first showed up. 
uh, they're like, what the hell is this? But anyway, Starfield's the big one. They had the date. They had a magnificent date, you know, similar to Skyrim, which was, what was that, 11-11-11? 11-11-11, and was the, yeah. they had the date and now they've had to push it back we were talking a couple of weeks ago saying they really want this date but we weren't necessarily expecting the game to come out we were expecting gameplay we were expecting something to come out of this xbox bethesda showcase that's coming out on june 12 which mind you by the way we didn't mention but uh playstation plus the tiered subscription service uh, that's changing june 13th the day after uh xbox and bethesda showcase so yeah that's going to be a wild 24 hours but anyway so bethesda's come out they basically they, instead of a blog post they set a tweet um made the decision to delay the launches of redfall and starfield to the first half of 2023 uh the teams at arcane austin and bethesda game studios have incredible ambitions yada 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 we put a lot of energy into it we can't wait for our first deep dive into the gameplay for both redfall and starfield soon thanks for your support so this lends a little bit to thinking about we might see something at the showcase on June 12th, but gentlemen, how big is the chain? Is this move to have Starfield not come out in 2022? Ricky, what 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 do you reckon? Oh, a bit fucked, aren't they? <laughs> um, like what? I think that's the thing that we're going to point out over and over again is just what else have they got? This was the big little you know, big big thing at the end of the year you know holiday 2022 starfield the next big rpg from the studio that brought you skyrim and fallout and now it's gone and so is this other little game about vampires um that no one cared about but also gone and what else has microsoft got for the rest of the year not a lot um if anything at all from their first party studios specifically uh, so yeah, this is not good. Um, however, in saying that, um, there was a little bit here. Jason Schreier from Bloomberg did say that one point internally at Bethesda, the phrase, the next cyberpunk was thrown around. Yeah. And let's be real. Nobody wants to be the next cyberpunk. And so yeah. I if think this does, av- if this does avoid the game coming out broken, day one and we get a completed build of the game hopefully early 2023 knock on wood uh then it's going to save face you don't want to be you don't want to be uh you don't want to be uh no man's sky at the end of the day you want to release a completed game and if they can't reach that target then fair enough i think the other thing too is if this avoids the uh devs going through a bunch of crunch in the latter half of the year that's also good. Let's Crunch is good entirely for the business. Um, I just think that, yeah, Microsoft have to make some changes or make some choices in the next, like, three months to see if they can pull any dates forward, um, potentially. Uh, but, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's the optics on this is really bad, especially after Halo was delayed for 12 months and yeah. it came out as the product that it was. It we can be honest now halo infinite did not meet expectations at launch it didn't it was meant to be the big game and it wasn't and now we've got starfield delayed we don't have a a, a follow-up date okay they've given us a fair warning that it is going to be delayed okay props to them but this is two of their big hit titles and one's been delayed 12 months and the other one we don't know 
So Microsoft doesn't like when when we joke about you know Microsoft has no game and, and the conversation does get thrown around a lot. In essence, you can see where it's coming from because these big titles aren't around. It, like we've we've got rumors of uh, a Gears of War remastered trilogy coming along, but that that's not going to save face. That's not a, a brand new IP. That's not the big sequel that we wanted. That it's not meeting expectations. And I guess Sean, Josh saying we're going to have a you know if you I think I saw a tweet from someone is it, if Forza and Gears are announced and come out this year. Oh, don't, you know, Forza doesn't, but you've got Forza Horizon. We're literally looking at Forza Gears and Halo. In As the three, right? As the three, like, oh, I would shoot myself. Are you, are, like, are you serious, Microsoft? Like, we get it. Like, they've got, they've got plenty of other titles in the works. We know that they've got Fable in the works, Perfect Dark. We've talked about all this sort of stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure last week when we were talking about the Xbox Bethesda showcase. So we know that there's stuff being worked on. But I guess yeah. this is just another thing like this is literally a week later and we find mm. out that oh so your big hitter isn't going to come to the party this year mm. and the other game that you're trying to rev up okay so we still don't need to care about it until you know next year next like, year what what have you got Josh? yeah and that's where my mind goes to and i just think microsoft always find a way somehow to shoot themselves in the foot when they get momentum going. Like they just happen to always find themselves in this unfortunate circumstance. And some of it's their own doing. Like there was no need to announce a date for Starfield, but they did. And it's odd, the sequence of events. When you see a showcase announced, clearly utilizing the Starfield space theme in the announcement, like yep. that's what the, the, the image is for the showcase then tweet out a photo of Phil Spencer and Adam Aaron Greenberg with the team at Bethesda all smiling at a dinner saying, you know, can't wait to share. Was that before or after you knew this game was getting delayed? It's not like they just woke up one day and said, hey, this game's getting delayed. Like, in my head, in my mind, wouldn't it have made sense to announce the delay before announcing the showcase? Because now the, the expectations and the requirements of this showcase have completely and everyone's expectations of this showcase have completely flipped now the momentum xbox is like i feel like as an industry everyone is quick to celebrate xbox for the things they do well which is fair and few and far between mate game pass (laughs) is great like you know they're, they're always celebrating those things and for PlayStation, I think because they are theoretically on top and probably the mar- you know the market leader and all that, we we criticise them. A lot Nintendo of <laughs> and right and right and rightfully so, right? Some of that we'll stuff. Nintendo. is just, Nintendo's fine. Is mind mending, bending as to why they do certain things. But Microsoft always seem to find a way to shoot themselves in the foot, and they can't shake this conversation that Xbox has no games, and I think people may have been celebrating a little too early in 2021 where it's like flight simulator i don't know why you know people are excited for that uh psychonauts uh um, that was fair halo yep. uh forza horizon great yep. year for xbox but don't celebrate too early because 2022 was looking dry even with star i think starfield would have saved this year but up until starfield and redfall tunic and that's really it. Like it, it was a quiet year, 
And I don't, I think the one thing that doesn't help this conversation is that the articles and news and, you know, Xbox are, you know, the initiative, 50% of the team is gone. There's struggles with that game. They brought in crystal dynamics. That was a drop. And now they've Um, been sold. Yeah. Uh, So that was like a momentum killer. Halo season two's delayed. Hey, Forge and co-ops delayed. There's no content coming to this games as a service. That was a drop. Um, I think there was news that Everwild was internally rebooted at Rare. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was a that was a drop. There's stories talking about uh, the Fable game and development being slow because the team's still transitioning to, you know, making a racing game into this. So when there is a story, and I have spoken about, I think I mentioned this last week, Microsoft, you know, besides these acquisitions, we can't celebrate the fact that they've, they keep buying because if they are mismanaging these studios in any way, it's an actually detriment to us where, you know, Microsoft for the Xbox one generation, we're struggling to manage the studios that they have. Think about crackdown. Think about all these games that are in development. hell for years, scale bound wasn't first party, but second party, but you know, like all the games they had their names attached to that failed. They purchased a stack of studios in 2018 we're now in 2022 and we're still yet to see some of these games either announced from these teams or come out. So it's been four years since that acquisition. Bethesda have launched more games on PlayStation than they have on Xbox, which isn't their fault. They're still in that transition period, but it doesn't help the conversation of games launching consistently. And I, we spoke about in the previous topic that Game Pass's biggest strength is feeding that with games. That's why Microsoft have made these acquisitions. Because the they amount need of to indie feed... games that go through as well is huge. Yeah. Yeah. But they need to real like in terms of the system seller or the service seller, it is feeding Fable, Gears of War, Halo, feeding Call of Duty, feeding Bethesda games, keeping AAA games launching day and date in the service. Because that's what their gamers now expect. When you remove that, you obviously have the um the view of Xbox don't have any first-party games for the first 12 months of 2022. Jesus. Of 2022. So they're tackling that at the moment. But on top of that now, how many subscribers are they going to lose for game? Are people going to go, well, why am I subscribed when there is nothing launching? I'll subscribe next year. I'll subscribe next year and they lose potential subscribers. Like, there's all those different optics that people, you know, most people don't think of because they're not thinking about it on, you know, on a podcast and talking about it. But there is that side of it too because now they're losing on the game front, they're losing on perception, and they're losing on potential Game Pass subscribers with Starfield and Redfall because they would have brought in subscribers. And I think Phil Spencer's tweet addresses that. I think you can, if you read the tweet, you can kind of feel his frustration. And the tweet goes, quote, These decisions are hard on teams making the games and our fans. Whilst I fully support giving teams time to release these great games when they're ready, we hear the feedback. Delivering quality and consistency is expected. We continue to work better to meet those expectations. So on the delayed front, Ricky's point, correct, right? We don't want people crunching. We want these studios to make games, make sure they're polished and launch in a great state. But for Xbox, it doesn't help that conversation when people were, you know, bandy around the idea that they've got no games they haven't got anything announced and i think if anything this puts extreme pressure on this showcase because the one thing i'm seeing online is xbox fans are sick of two things one 
next year's going to be the year, man. Next year's the one. They've been saying this since 2013. Yeah, 2020. Oh, no, Halo's been pushed. Oh, 2021's going to be the year. Oh, Starfield's 2022. Oh, 2022's going to be the... Oh, no, it's not. It's going to be 20... They're over that, right? And they're sick of the idea of people banding around the gears for to Halo. So if rumors are true and the showcase is to happen, what is going to fill the void for 2022? The answer is nothing will ever fill that void that is left by Starfield. But they need to pull something together. And uh, if rumors are true, and that is a Gears collection, a Master Chief-like collection, that isn't going to be enough. So what does Microsoft need to do? They need to bring out the checkbook, go to Gotham Knights, go to the Harry Potter game. We need to get you day and date onto Game Pass because we need a new good news story. So that's a loss to them. Like they're losing on the game's not coming out. So not getting the sales. They're not getting the game pass subscribers because the game's not there. They may be losing subscribers. They now need to bring out the checkbook to find more games. Like and it's it, such it a be, ripple it effect. Could, yeah. It's still a cycle. And I think that like one of the, like we can look at, for example, Starfield, how, as we've even got a, like a comment in chat, like they are, they are using a new engine and the last time they, they did that was Oblivion. And yeah, so that's why Skyrim used the same engine as Oblivion. That's why it was able to launch at the same time that like the time that it wanted to. So yeah, there are these behind the scenes changes, which we're not necessarily always privy to, but it's not necessarily about that. It's about the optics. It's about how your average consumer sees it. Like not not your fanboys, your fan your loud fanboys. Yeah, sure. There's there's gonna be outrage, you know, twenty four hours of the day, seven days a week. If you Ryan can't send an email about his cats. Yeah, yeah you can't you can't stop that. But it's about you know if you're trying to sell an Xbox now because that's what it is. It's about selling an Xbox. It's about selling a service. You're gonna to have to say, all right, why should I get Game Pass? And as much as we talked about it, you know, on the last topic about PlayStation Plus, how you can you know you could say, oh yeah, day one. Uh, first party exclusives they're all going to be on the service great when was the last one (laughs) what was the last big one halo Halo. all right what was the one before that forza okay let me guess (laughs) let me guess giz this year like and uh, yeah josh you mentioned it ricky you mentioned it like there is an a fundamental issue with how xbox is getting their games out now don't get me wrong we all we all love xbox to an extent like i i i love xbox i love the games that they do like i've still got my master chief helmet up the back i i, I love it i reckon game pass is fantastic i reckon some of the the, the games the, the, the catalog that they've had over a number of years where's brute force 2 like they've got this sort of stuff there but we're not seeing the big hitters you're not seeing your horizon you got of war your last of us your uncharted your gran turismo although we don't want to see that anymore we got forza that's fine like you've got these big games that you're not seeing anything for Xbox. Nintendo, you do. And the hardest thing they're facing is you only can pull the COVID card so much because your biggest competitor is not having the same issue. Haven't you heard less studios? Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone's been impacted by it. Like reading through the chat, right? Like you're right. The last delay was oblivion. And I do think this delay is because the game's in a state that they can't launch it in. I think Forza could motorsport. And that was one of my predictions last week will be for this year. But again, if that is the case, Forza and Gears is your 2022 lineup going against Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo, the Uncharted Collection, God of War, God of Ragnarok. War Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, like there, there, there's there's competition 
And not only that, Starfield. Head. If Starfield's pushed next year, what's another game that's possible next year? Final Fantasy sixteen and or Breath of the Wild too. Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now instead of having twenty twenty two to yourself almost, besides a couple of other you know PlayStation titles, all of a sudden you're also completing with the Nintendo Mini Juggernaut because mm. Breath of the Wild two will sell. And it would have nearly been better to hold Halo until like this year, right? If they they had plenty of games out last year, and Halo, as much as I agree, launched and was received well from a single player perspective. Yeah, the multiplayer was still very. They're still ironing it bare out. bones, and they still don't have a lot of features that should have been there at launch. So they would there nearly, is co op. They would have nearly been in a better position last year when they were king of the hill in terms of launching all these games to have hold Halo into this year. Don't because say then they would have had delay. Just hold it off. Hold it off. Have Halo launch this year with Starfield. Starfield gets pushed. It doesn't look as bad if you have Halo launching as all the multiplayer, or, you know, Halo yeah. launching now. That way, the studio would have had more time to get content ready for a path for Halo. And then the the sting of um, Starfield would have hurt as much because at least they have Halo. At the moment, they've just, they've just vacated everything. And I, they need to get away from, and I spoke about this last week on my predictions, Microsoft need to get away from putting dates on things and announcing games too, too early. early. Why announce Everwild if they still don't know what the concept trying, of that game is? They're trying to build hype. And like Xbox, and we all know this, since 2013, since the Xbox One and the PS4 launched, Xbox has been behind the eight ball. As much as PlayStation has basically been able to take their time and do as they please, Xbox is always about how can we generate hype? How can we make up for lost ground? And so there's always hope. There's promise. Next there's, year's the year. Next year's <laughs> the year. The, the, the games we're working on, like we're, we're, we're coming. Like it's, it's mm. basically, it's the Carlton Football Club, 2004 to 2007. <laughs> like you, you could smell what we're cooking. They're still fucking cooking. It's been nearly 10 years later. Like that's what, it, that's what Xbox is right now. It nearly so 10 think, years a, and they're still behind. I think, huh? I think a better example would just be um, Essendon haven't won a final since, uh, what, 2002? 2002? 2004. 2004. Come on, mate. Sorry, mate. 2004. Catch up. Yeah. Catch up. Have, have, in primary school. Have, have, haven't had yeah. a win. Haven't had a win in 18 years. So, um, okay. So here's, here's the question that I, I, I want to ask you guys because I, like, I, I've got Game Pass. I still use Game Pass occasionally. I use it more than I did PlayStation Plus. All right. Let's be honest. But if you're someone who's looking to the, the next six months, yeah, we've got the, the Xbox Bethesda showcase. Okay, sure. Let's say that happens and it's average, if not slightly better than average. Don't know how. We'll figure that out when we get to it. Um, but I want to know what is your one thing that Xbox can do for this year to save some sort of face? They're not going to save it all. Starfield had the great date. Starfield had the great potential. It had the brand new IP in 25 years. It had all the right things going for it. Now it's delayed. And I think that, I, th I honestly think for the better, like in the end, I, I would rather a game delayed than come out like a smoking heap of shit. They can't like, afford, they can't afford it, basically. Yeah, you, you can't afford, you can, yeah, you can't afford to have it launch like Cyberpunk or Batman Arkham Knight on um, PC. You can't PC. afford that for a big IP. So I'm happy for the wait. I'm happy. Yep. 
2023? Sure. 2024? Okay, pushing it. But yeah, okay, whatever. However long you need. Because they announced it way too early. What is your one thing that Xbox needs in order to save face this year? Ricky, I'll start with you. Got I, I, I don't know. Like, okay. Fable, no surprise, surprise, the, surprise announcement for Fable? Like, Would that do it? It'd have to be like, it'd be Fable, it'd be Fallout 5 doing one of those drops, just like, oh, here's the game and it's coming out tomorrow. Um, that'd be the huge. other one, the other one would be like, I doubt it's going to happen. Well, actually, it's definitely not no, going to happen. It doesn't matter if it, it doesn't would... happen, but like, what, what, pick one. Uh, Reach Remastered. Halo Reach, like, remastered for the Xbox series. So give it the anniversary. Right. More yeah. Halo. Like, so more, so like more Halo. A, <laughs> but like a full, a full rebuild of the game. Cause like, let's be honest. It was fucking, it was Bungie's little cherry on top of their run with Halo. It might've been the tightest controlled one they did. Um, uh, until they did probably, Destiny 2. Until they did Destiny. Yeah. But like, as for a Halo game, I think like Reach was a culmination of everything they fucking did well with Halo and it was just, it was nearly a perfect fucking so game. So a remaster and of Halo Reach, you think, will at least save some sort of face for Xbox for it, 2022? It would, it would not only satiate all the Halo fans that are pretty pissed off about the fact that there's no co-op at the moment for Infinite, which is me as well. Um, but I just think that it, whenever you put Microsoft and Halo in a headline, usually it gets, it generates positive buzz yeah. for, for Microsoft. But okay. At this stage, it's yeah. not going to happen because 343 are too busy trying to fix out fix Forge, for yeah. Christ's sake. So, I don't know. At this point, they've got to pray for a fucking miracle. I don't know what that miracle is, though. Josh, what do you reckon Xbox's miracle would be? Their only hope is, I think, to pull out the checkbook and go to the larger games launching this fall and look at Gotham Knights, look at the Harry Potter game if that's launching. Anything that they could get day and date will be their, their saver because like we spoke about earlier from a game pass perspective they're um month to month so if you're you know your thing's coming to an end and you know there's nothing coming now what's keeping you on the service so i think they need to look at that first and say well let's resolve the no game stuff if we can't have games exclusive launch at least we can have a reason to play on xbox and that would be to play games uh day and date uh, you know, they might have a few surprises in this showcase. Like, um, I can see in there in the chat, like a Fable collection or, or some sort of collection. But that's not going to move the conversation away from... So we're just rehashing older stuff. They, ne they need something new. And I think it needs to be... I don't think they're going to have anything first party ready. So I think their, their only option is to get the checkbook out. The issue they're going to face is Warner Brothers with... Well, if you think the Harry Potter game had its own state of play, so they're clearly in some sort of marketing deal with yeah. PlayStation. And Gotham Knights, okay, maybe that's an option. But they really, that's the only thing I can actually see them being able to do. And this just shows, again, the, the cost of having a subscription service that you need to feed that only Microsoft could afford to do these things because it's costing, it's going to cost millions. Like, this will cost them millions of dollars. So, so I got, I got, I, I have two, mostly because mm -hmm. one doesn't, I don't think counts. And that one there is effectively, it's not necessarily solving the problem, which is games. But mm -hmm. if let, let's say, let's say Microsoft was to make cut a deal with Nintendo, get game pass on the switch that I think, I think like 
the optics of that would look good. However, it doesn't solve the problem of games. We no. we want games. I you're looking at things like Saints Row, or mm. or something like that. Even if you can somehow, I don't know how, but if you can somehow go into like, you know, a back catalog and and pick out some titles from Nintendo, or pick out some titles from PlayStation, and get them on the console. I think, like, imagine if the Uncharted... I know it's never going to happen, but imagine if you can get the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection on Game Pass. I know it's not going to happen, but, like, you pull a, a real Swifty, but it's cranking out the checkbook. Like, we're not necessarily going to see them throwing money at, you know, Ubisoft. Ubisoft Plus is now on PlayStation, and it doesn't rule out working with Game Pass. Like, we've already got some Ubisoft titles on Game Pass, but they they need to kind of make a statement but even then that idea is still breaking out the checkbook which is what they've been doing since you know for the last 10 years it they're not doing anything we want games we don't want promises so i think i honestly think think 2022 is lost i I think they just need to wear the 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 l and i think i think this is a case of next year and uh, i think but but from, from from a different perspective not about how okay, well, we've got Starfield next year. We've got these big titles next year. I think, if anything, if these games are good to go, hit next year hard. You want to release three or four big exclusives in the first five months. So this time next year, we can look back and say, okay, well, they've hit with Starfield. They've hit Mm -hmm. with, you know, Indiana Jones. Still waiting on that. They've hit with, you know, uh, we've got Marvel Midnight Suns coming later this year. Okay, well, give us that but make it exclusive for three months on the service. Like that's, that's what Microsoft needs to do. They need to come out banging basically right after Christmas. So that way, when you go along and you're like, okay, am I going to buy a PlayStation or an Xbox? You're not only looking at what, what catalog those titles have when you get their service, but what is in it for me over the next three months? What's in it for me for the first six months of the year? And am I going to have to wait 12 months for Starfield. Yeah. I think there's one more thing they could do. Yep. Um, get the entire Rockstar catalog on Game Pass. And that is another... Do you really want to see the trilogy the on there? No, I'm talking like <laughs> everything Rockstar. Rockstar like, Table Tennis? That was Xbox 360 exclusive, like, wasn't like, it? I'm talking like Bully, Alain <laughs> Noir. Not the remastered editions like the old school editions of, of San Andreas and that, which they probably won't. But now we're tapping into want... nostalgia. I know, but I'm just saying, like, right now, if they want to save some face, like Red Dead Redemption 2, get that on there. Get Red Dead Redemption 1 on there. Like, you need to go to someone that doesn't have an exclusivity deal right now, and those studios are becoming few and far between, but one of the big standouts is always going to be Rockstar. Because they make okay. as much money off one game. I will as just say this: yeah. Studio does for their entire catalog, but not the shoot your dreams down here. But Red Dead Two is on the PlayStation Plus subscription, yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised if so. there's some sort of embargo to not get no, this on I, another. Yeah, okay, <laughs> what about okay? Jump, jumping on the Rockstar train, let's go. Let's no, go no, down. There, there, there let's was go another down game on there. Um, yeah. Fuck. What was it? Uh, give me a sec. Hang on. Well, okay. Um, while you're while you're thinking, well, let, let's go down this Rockstar train. What if? And I know this is Xbox doing it early because. They're in a loop. 
They're in a fucking death loop time loop. Remember, death loop yeah. still hasn't come, so that's coming. Yeah. We we got that coming. But um, um, what if what if they guardians. say hang on, all right. guardians is on both? Guardians. Yeah, you're right. Oh, guardians yeah. of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. Square Enix. It's different. Um, yeah. But like, what if Grand Theft Auto Six was announced? Xbox Game Pass Day One. And I, know, years. <laughs> and I know that no. it might come out in two or three no. years, but even that, like, that that sends a message. I don't know. You've got to look at their history. And uh, to wrap it up, like, I think if you look at their yeah. history of what they get, they get, um, what was the game, that shooter that they got day and date in the game pass? Outlanders. Outriders? Outriders. Out, what was yeah, it? Yeah, Outriders. The, Outriders. Um, that, the, that's the, the level of Expansion game came that, out the other week yeah that's that's kind of the level of we got to look at it realistically that's the level of games they can get day and date right where it's mid-tier. not quite triple a kind of it's a mid-tier game so maybe um or mid-core the, as uh uh who likes to say that oh, i think it was um take two so saints row is probably the most feasible feasible one here but um and i guess that begs the question and then the chat asked that as well like god of war is that coming this year? Like, does Sony realistically need to launch this game now? Can they just go, you know what? Let's give it another few months in the oven. It's only going to benefit us you know and we got if no I, competition. If so, I, If I was if I was putting my Sony hat on, I, I absolutely would. I, I, launch November 11th no, this no, year. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I reckon if, if I've got my Sony hat on, absolutely. Like, you've, you were going to launch God of War Ragnarok later this year, or at least that would have been the plan. And it would have gone up against Starfield, and you know you would have had the PlayStation people, like that. That like you'd have that. So if Starfield's not there, yes, you can have Christmas all to yourself. But wouldn't it real be a kick in the guts, and just like just treat Starfield like the next Horizon, just like Elden Ring or Breath of the Wild, the shit out of it. I think I think I think that would be stronger than to to release before Christmas. Because after Christmas, if Starfield comes out and Starfield's big, you've lo- you've lost it. Like the message. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I, I'm still fifty fifty. If, if God of War is going to launch this year, I think if they can, they will because they. I think it keeps the momentum going. The only other thing they could do is if the Last of Us remake or Factions is ready, kind of do a swap, push God of I War think out. Factions to come out this year if March they had it ready. Or, yeah, March think- or June, keep God of War for then. But you know, we'll see. At the end of the day, I think there's rumors now that we're seeing a, a Sony showcase in June. So yeah, uh, to to wrap it up, like I think for Xbox, their best option is to get some sort of first, uh, some sort of launch exclusive, Stop not exclusive, up. but launch day and date, which sucks, right? We we we're done with this bringing bullshit. out the wallet <laughs> bullshit like just let's let's start getting the games let's and stalker 2 i i i'm not confident in thinking that game's coming i think that will be an early next year and that's, that's also big, like hellblade the question. That, it's 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 all it's not it's not your it's not your big like console buyer yeah and they need and then that begs the question what does 2023 look like now i was listening to a podcast on i'm not going to name the podcast i guess i probably shouldn't because i'm about to but it's one of the larger um, gaming websites, Xbox podcast. And they're like, hey, you know, well, think about 2023. You're going to get oh, Starfield. You're going to get Redfall. You're going to get Avowed. You're going to get Fable. You're going to get Everwild. I'm like, come on, let's be real. Avowed's not coming out in 2023. Fable's definitely not coming in 2023. 2023, I think now, is Starfield, Redfall, 
That's it. And one other. Game. This year was scary. Next year, like if Starfield launched this year, next year was scary for Xbox because we got nothing. In two weeks, in a couple of weeks' time, we've got three weeks' time. It'll that'll all change though, and I can't I wait. Think Hellblade, to actually Hellblade watch might launch. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of pressure, and I think that's the the key takeaway here, right? This year, I think they need to wear the loss, try to get some sort of Game Pass thing, and all that matters now is you need to deliver on this um, stream, this showcase. You need to deliver, and you need to prove that last year wasn't a once-off, and you can't launch all your games in one shot again because what does 2024 look like? You yeah. know what I mean? That- they need to spread the love across and have a, just a constant... They spoke about that in their you know earnings call. They're buying all these studios. You should be able to launch a game every quarter. Every yeah. few months, you've got something launching. Um, that's that's the goal. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. The next... Like the six months, the, the last six months of this year, that's where Xbox needs to focus. And if I keep seeing coming 2023 to a majority of the games i'll lose my shit because i don't i don't care i don't care about what happens next year i'll deal with next year when it comes along because it's not coming in 2023 either yeah i want to know know what's coming in the next six months why should i continue to subscribe until christmas when i can play my back catalog of games when playstation is offering a service when i've got a switch where I know Pokemon's coming at the end of the year. Yeah, good luck taking me off the Switch. Starfield could have done it. More Pokemon. But we got Scarlet and Violet coming. I'm there. Mm. So I think we are I think I think all this yeah. is all this has done is like legitimize all no, has legitimized all my swing for the fence predictions last week. Because now they're gonna have to come out and be like They have right, to. <laughs> we we need to show you everything we've got because we've got nothing for this year. All we can do is just show you the future. So I 100% I'm doubling down on a Fable trailer on something from the new Elder Scrolls game. Like there's going to be just like going to studios in the next two weeks and being like, what have you got? What vertical slices can you give us to show for 30 seconds on stage? Because we need something. We got nothing else. Can you give us? Oh, well, give okay. Us so yeah. for those of you who didn't yeah, watch the podcast last week, um, I awesome. rec- recommend giving it a go because we do have a little bit of a discussion about what our predictions are for the Xbox and Bethesda showcase that is on June 12. Uh, I was just... Ricky swung Swing for the hills. Defenses. I can tell you yeah. right now that he reckons we're going to see a reveal for Wolfenstein 3. We uh-huh. we kind of feel like we need that, but it needs to be for this year. None of this 2023 bullshit. What, no, what's no, happening no, no. in 2022? There was, no. there was never anything in my in my predictions that, said, that specified 2022 dates. So I just needed Sean, to see the game. What yes. Ricky wants Xbox to do is the process of announcing things early with dates and showing it with the promise that it's coming. No dates. No no dates. dates. So basically and do the no same dates. shit that he's, they've been doing. Announcing stuff early, showing it in some sort, with now the next year of us saying, where's this game? Where's that game? They That's... need to learn from Nintendo. They need to learn... What Nintendo, Nintendo is nothing. perfect because they're like, hey, we're going to show you what's happening in the next three months. Also, Splatoon 3 is a thing, but that's all you're getting. Like, mm. that's, all, that's all they need to do. Or do Sony, just say nothing. Yeah, <laughs> so or do Sony like, and just like happening. aggregate your entire fan base until you actually release something. All right. Anyway. We are, we are going to move on. Uh, we've got a couple of last things before we do wrap up this extra long podcast, which we, we've, we've been speaking a fair bit today. So uh, a lot good to one. talk about. There, there has been a lot to talk about, a lot to dissect. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure if we can do another. I've nearly finished my second beer. I'm, I, I need another one. Anyway, 
Yes. <laughs> we'll I was say, it's been a long week. And the, and the fact is, like, when this podcast went live last week is when all this news dropped, like, the day of. Yeah. Like, a, a day after we recorded, we're just like, shit, we've got to wait a week to talk about we've it. Been, we've been stewing on it. We've been... Yeah. Oh, thank it. Anyway, so uh, we, next part we could talk about is the upcoming games for next week. So there are a fair few games. The key one that I've brought out is Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song. Uh, comes out tomorrow, so the 19th of May. It's coming, coming to Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, and Windows PC. Uh, but there's a couple of other little minor games, and I'll I'll quickly run through some of those ones. Uh, include Gibbon, Beyond the Trees, Recursive Ruin, Eternal Threads, uh, Solder, uh, Solders. It's like Soldiers, but it's Soul as in S-O-U-L. Uh, it's weird. So I think it's Soldiers. Uh, Dolmen as well so there's a few games coming out over the next week or so uh none of them are necessarily standing out but uh we've got we've got some big-ish games coming in the next couple of weeks so you know like sniper elite five and i don't know i'm bashing you guys but i'm uh, kind of keen for ko the kangaroo yeah oh no yeah ko the kangaroo yeah he's it's australian did you did, yeah did you know that did you know he's a kangaroo yeah yeah. Is it like Australian, like the movie Kangaroo Jack was Australian? I have no idea. I'm pretty like, sure it's meant to be Tyler the Tasmanian Tiger, but it's a kangaroo. I don't know. Okay. I don't know this stuff. Uh, but what I do know is that is it for our podcast. So we're going to wrap up here. Firstly, Josh, I want you to have the final thought for this week. And so the final thought for those of you who are watching, uh, it's basically something, it's a question that we're not necessarily going to answer today, but something to stew over for the next week, something to get you thinking. And you're more than welcome to put your answer in the comments. Josh, what's your final thought? My final thought is, let me think here. What, what drives you into a ecosystem? Is it the access to accessible games easily via services or is it the individual games themselves like what 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 drives you so that's my uh ponder fodder fonda for this week po- fo- did you say ponder fonda honda fodder okay i think that's i think it's a great name and i think it's what we should call this segment when we're okay. not you can you can have it for you uh okay. yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep it with final thoughts it's nice and nice and simple um, speaking of simple, it's very simple to be able to catch all of the content that we do here right wow. on YouTube. So we were on Twitch. We're now just on YouTube. So you can see our live shows. You can see some cutouts with some shorts coming as well. So we've got all this content. So if you haven't already, give us a subscribe, give us a like on the video. Tell us what you're thinking about in regards to PlayStation Plus and even what Xbox is going to do, how they can save themselves. I don't know how. Love to hear your thoughts. Uh, if you haven't already, you can find us on Twitch. So, oh, sorry, on um. Uh, on twitter they're all t's with a w you can find us on twitch actually you can find me at holy deploy and you can find ricky at el nido uh but you can't find josh he doesn't stream but uh you can find us on twitter so uh ricky is at budget seth rogan josh is joshua la rosa i am at holy deploy uh you can find busy playing something uh, busy underscore playing on twitter and if you are listening to this thank you for listening to this very long podcast but uh if, if you're not we are on all your podcast feeds spotify Apple Podcasts, iTunes. What else are we on, Josh? Your podcasts. Yeah, I know, I know it's your passion pro- project. You is you're the one who edits it. Mm. Uh, that's a mm, yeah. Okay, really, really good for an audio. Yeah, mm. awesome. Mm. 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 Yeah, mm. big mm. Mm. All right. 
Well, anyway, thank you very much for watching the show, guys. Hopefully you did enjoy it and find it somewhat informative. We will see you same time, same channel, or same bat time, same bat channel next week, 7.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on Wednesdays. And uh, Ricky, you're going to be the one to uh, uh, me, sign us out. Me, me, me again. Yeah. Um, you need to learn. Uh, final thought, uh, final, final sign. No, um, just, um, uh, um, Josh, you can take uh, over. Look to the, look to the skies. Look to the stars and you might see a field of nothing. There you go. Look to the stars. The Kings of the past are up there looking down on us. Thought they were fireflies. Is that Rafiki? No, No, that was was Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. 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 Big balls of gas burning millions of miles away. Okay. So Lion King. I was close. Yeah. 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 Whatever. All right, well, Akuna Matata, everyone. Goodbye. Akuna Matata, baby.